0: Judges chapter number six. We've been preaching some on uh, worship and looking at some different experiences of worship. And tonight I want us to see what I call a bold, a bold experience of worship. And it comes from the life of Gideon. If you'll notice with me, we'll, uh, I want to look at the end of, uh, of our reading to begin with in chapter number seven, as his life covers both of these chapters as far as uh, the introduction of it. Notice with me down in verse number thirteen, the Bible said, "When Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, the old." I have dreamed a dream and lo a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian, came in and came into a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it that the tent lay along. And Stella answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand have God delivered Midian and all the host. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof, and here's our word, that he worshipped, and he returned to the host of Israel and said, "Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian." Have you ever had a bold experience of worship? A time in your life when you came away from the presence of the Lord and it seemed as though that you knew some things for sure. You weren't cocky. You weren't just being overconfident. But God had taken you to a place and led you to a place of worship. And when you got up off of your knees, you had blessed assurance that everything was going to be all right. So it is in Gideon's life. He has this bold experience. God leads him to a bold experience of worship. That's a necessity in all of the lives of God's children. We need to be able to hear God say some things and we need to boldly know some things as his children. We need to know boldly as God has spoken to our heart that we are saved. How many times have you heard a fellow say that God saved him and all of his friends said, you'll be back in two weeks. And he said, oh no, I won't be back. Now how did he know he wasn't coming back? Because he'd been along with God in an old-fashioned conversion and salvation and he had boldness about that situation. He knew that things were different. One preacher said I'm so saved I could swing out over hell on a rotten Georgia cornstalk shouting the devil's face I've been washed in the blood that's a bold experience and thank God that we can know some things for sure this is why John wrote on several occasions in 1 John, he used that word no. he said, These things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. You can be bold about that thing. And I'm glad as God's children we can have some experiences with the Lord that in spite of all the situations and circumstances and how they seem to be, We can be bold about the matter that is quite the contrary because we've been along with God and when we come away, there was thunder in our soul that let us know how things were going to be. Gideon has this experience. Now, it didn't start out that way. If you look back in chapter number 6, you can see the attitude that Gideon had. But I want to point out to you three things concerning Gideon's bold experience of worship. Three ingredients, three things that God does to lead us to a place to where we can boldly come out of a worship experience. We can boldly know that we're saved. We can boldly know that we are in the right place. We can boldly know that we're going in the right direction. We can boldly know that God is in charge of whatever is taking place. We can have that boldness, thank God, for the thunder and the soul of every child of God, the gleam that is in their eye and the glory on their face, when God speaks through them. And you know they mean business because they've been along with the Lord. And they can be bold, they're not wimpy about it, they're not wishy-washy, they're not guessing and hoping so, but they can tell you point blank, this is the way that it is, because God has spoken. A bold experience of worship, God leading us into that door. Gideon had to have it, or he would have never been able to accomplish God's will children, there's some things that we have to know from heaven, some things that we have to be told by God. The Lord must lead us into this bold area if we're ever going to do anything for Him. I'm glad that I can report to you that God has led me into a bold experience as far as evangelism is concerned. I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. I can say it in my And I'm glad that the Lord can take you to that place to where you can know that you're where you ought to be. Young lady, I believe that God can lead you into a bold experience that you can know that that's the young man you're supposed to marry or you're not. And with thunder in your soul you can say, This is what God has me. Young man, this can be the same for you. In all the aspects of the decisions of life, God desires to lead us to a place to where we as his children can say to this world, I know some things. I know some things because God has led me into a bold experience of worship. But the three things that's involved in Gideon's bold experience of worship as he worships God, and then he stands and says to his little meager 300, Boys, let's go! (laughs) Charge against several hundred thousand enemies. (laughs) Somebody said he's out of his mind, he's crazy! He's lost his wits! No, he's gone! and the Lord
1: is telling what's going to happen Amen.
0: with just 300 men. <laughs> I tell you it's almost amusing to look at the faces of this world when you tell them what you know and they just shake their head because they have no idea. But I'm glad we can know some things in both But let me point out to you three things concerning, three ways in which God led Gideon into a bold experience. First of all, and we're looking back in chapter number 6, and verse 1 on down through verse number 10, we'll not read all the verses, but I'll I'll point it out to you. I notice that this bold experience that, this bold experience of worship that Gideon has First of all, comes through the channel of adversity and affliction. Confident, listen to me, confident worship is not because the sun shines every day in your life. It's not because you've never faced any kind of trial. It's not because all your ways have been easy and tender and positive and without strength. Now, if God is going to lead you into a bold experience of worship, he must take you first through the adversities of life to cultivate within you the desire for that bold experience. Without any adversity, you would never even know that there could be a bold experience. You would never even have the desire for a bold experience. But when God presses you back against the wall and he brings these adversities in your life and you are seeking deliverance, you will desire to know some things. You will desire to be delivered of some things. You will desire to have a thunder and boldness in your soul concerning the issues that are your adversity. God has to make you want it. The only way he can make you want it is put you under pressure. Notice with me in verse 1. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. The Lord delivered them into the hands of the Midian's sin and, evil. and the Midian prevailed against Israel. The cause of the Midianites, the children of Israel, made them dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so when Israel had sown, the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. They encamped against them, destroyed the increase of the earth without coming to Gaza. Left no sustenance before Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. They came up with their cattle, their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. Verse 6 said, And the children of Israel cried, unto the Lord. The Lord heard their cry in verse 7. Verse 8, he sends a prophet unto them that lets them know why they are in this condition because they had rebelled against the Lord. And then in verse number 10, he said, Unto you I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. They They have disobeyed. Verse 11, an angel of the Lord came and sat under an oak that was in orphan and pertained unto Joash the Abir's right, his son Gideon thrust wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us. Why then is all this befalling us? You can see the heart of Gideon. Why is this happening to us? Now I notice in these verses that Gideon is in an adverse situation. Adverse situations, pressure and troubles will do three things to you as it did to Gideon. The first thing that he'll do is it'll cause you to hide. The scripture tells us in verse number 2 that they hid, the children of Israel hid. In verse number 11, the Bible said that Gideon was threshing wheat at the wine press. Now well, that's not where you're supposed to thresh wheat, but the reason why he's doing it is he is hiding from the enemy. Now, he doesn't like the situation. You can tell he's upset about it. Not only is he hid, not only, you see, he's sneak under the adverse situation. He is sneaking around. He's afraid of what the enemy may do. He knows that they have to press the wheat, but he is hiding. He is doing it at the wine press, hoping that they will not see him, just slipping around and sneaking around like a lot of us do in our Christian lives, just worried to death about the next step of what might happen down the road. How? from life, hiding from the situations. He is hiding in his adversity, not wanting to deal with the situation. Not only is he hidden, but he becomes really hard and callous. You can tell that from verse number 13 as he begins to really chastise the angel. As he begins to question him, he says to him, this basic Terms. he says, this is your fault, the reason why we're like this. why we're going through this, his, his heart is sort of hardened because of the situation, because of the afflictions and the adversities. But there's one thing for sure, during his time of adversity, he has been brought to a place that he is willing to hear now what thus saith the Lord. And God sends that angel unto him, and the angel begins to speak unto him. In verse number 25 of the same chapter of the Bible said, and it came to pass that night, the Lord said unto him. You see, in our times of adversity and affliction, it seems as though that as we try to hide from our heartache and as our hearts begin to question, somehow our ears become open toward heaven to hear what God has to say. He wants to get our attention. You. The only way he can get our attention is to put us under pressure so that we will listen. And now Gideon is in this situation. He's seeking around. He is hiding and he is threshing the weed. In, and no doubt he's sick and tired of the situation. A question that could have been asked, Gideon, could be asked of us tonight, where are you in your life? Are you having to slip and slide and sneak and fear and doubt, troubles of heart? Where are you tonight in your Christian life? And if the situation of your life is burdensome and, and uh, it is pulling you down, what can be done about? A greater question is, is are you content with your life the way that it is? Gideon, what are you doing out here? threshing wheat by the wine press because you're afraid of the enemy? Are you satisfied with this? Do you want to do this year after year after year? Is it all right with you if the situation's like this? Or do you want to do something about it? <laughs> but to tell from Gideon's heart, he's sick of it. And the only way that God can ever take us into a bold experience of worship, he has to make us sick of where we are. Sick of the surroundings. Sick of the conditions.
1: Sick of the devil. Sick of the flesh. Sick of the pullings of this world. Sick of the conditions of our home, Sick.
0: The place that we're not content anymore. We just can't stand it. We know we can't do anything about it. But oh, we're fed up with it. If we could find somebody that could do something about it, we'd be willing to let them. We can't
1: stand it anymore.
0: Have you ever been there? You have. You're blessed to God. Because He's fixing to take you somewhere. Oh, when the pressure is so real, the heartaches are so crushing that it seems as though that your heart is bleeding and you just can't take it anymore. God sticks him to do something. Sick of your condition, and He comes to Gideon after he has put upon him these adverse situations. And he said, Gideon, you ready to do something about this, boy? <laughs> you ready to change things? Oh, Gideon said I'm going to be the first one line. I don't I don't like pressing wheat out here. I'm embarrassed at the condition of Israel, God's chosen people, being scared to death. I'm embarrassed that we're afraid of it. I'm embarrassed. No, I don't like it, and I'm fed up baby. God said, Well, good, Gideon. Got to where I want to. Now we'll do something about it. Oh, God has to let our homes get in a mess many times. He has to let our personal lives get in a mess. He has to let our churches get rock bottom. He has to let our situations get until we are willing, we are willing to hear what he's got to say and vote yes on whatever he wants to do. Gideon is a right candidate for what God wants to do
1: because of adversity. And may I say to you right, thank God
0: for adversity. Because it is through adversity that we are sent in the right direction. It is through adversity that we begin to hear what God has to say. And honey, if you could go on in your sin as Israel was, if you could go on with your casual life, if you could go on making your own decisions and everything be all right, You'd never turn to God and nothing would ever change in your life. So God brings everything to a screeching halt. Boy, we hear it a lot. I hear it a lot in this day. Preacher, I don't know what I'm going to do. And they think that's going to make me feel bad. That's the best words I can hear. You don't say. You don't know what you're going to (laughs) do. Praise God! Now the Lord can do something. There has to be adversity. David said, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. The Lord is wanting to take us to a bold experience of worship, but has got to bring us through avenues of adversity. He's not going to waste this experience on somebody that doesn't want it. this experience comes for those hearts who have been prepared and desired. adversity. The broad experience of worship that Gideon is brought to came through adversity. But can I say to you, secondly, the broad experience of worship that Gideon was brought to came through appearances. (laughs) You know, there comes those times when we have to realize what kind of situation we're in. We've got to see and, and number all those Midianites out there. We've got to hide in the caves and the rocks day after day and even leads off into seven years. We've got to put up with all of this stuff that's going on in our lives until we come to the day that we're sick of it because we've just seen so much of it. But it's not enough for you to see the situation and see the condition and see the circumstances. You've got to see something beyond that. There has to come some divine revelations in your life if you're going to come to a place of bold worship. Gideon's got to see some things. Something better than he's been looking at for seven years. (laughs) Honey, you're going to have to see something better than what you're looking in the mirror at. You're going to have to see something better than the black and white figures you're writing down on that piece of paper. You're going to have to see something beyond that. Here to tell you tonight, I would have never went in to evangelism if all I could see was the figures. Because he don't have it. I had to see something beyond the paper. Your life will never change.
1: You stay in the rapture, in you keep on hiding, you keep on living in that condition until you see something beyond where you're at. (laughs) There's something better. You don't have to put up with it if you can just see it. (laughs) Gideon gets
0: an appearance. He gets a revelation. Notice in chapter number 6 and verse number 11. This is another one of those I believe, pre-incarnate appearances of Christ. Christophanes. There came an angel
1: of the Lord and said on the road, there was an arbor. While
0: Gideon was threshing that weed, it said. And the Lord did, the angel of the Lord did what? In verse number 12. Appeared unto him.
1: (laughs) He got an appearance. He saw God.
0: Things are fixing to change in your life when you know that the Lord has come to you. He wasn't looking for God. He had no idea God was even anywhere around. He just trying to do the best he could with what he had. And all of a sudden,
1: God set him up and said, Yeah, I want to do something here, boy. Big and bad. I want to blow this thing up. Unbelief.
0: Gideon saw. I notice that God appeared unto him. You see, in the situations and adversities of our lives, you know what we're doing? We're trying to find out what everybody else thinks about it. We want everybody else's advice. That's why all the doctors and psychologists are so, well, do you ever know what kind of houses they live in?
1: They're taking your money! More times than not you've got to go back and back and back and back and you still ain't helped. Because you're trying to get everybody else's advice on the matter. But other things ain't going to change until you get with the one that can
0: change the matter. When God
1: shows up.
0: <laughs> and then you don't have to ask anybody else. Because the Lord can tell you what needs to be done and have you ever noticed if you really know the Lord when those great decisive points come in your life the burden of making those decisions have you ever noticed that what anybody else says don't make sense anyhow I mean what kind of plan has anybody else got for this situation where's all the Lord alls at when we got a
1: couple hundred thousand enemy out there and, just, and nobody over here I mean who, who's got the
0: advice on this situation You know, if there's any kind of preaching that I don't like to hear, it's the how-to. But you know the Bible is not a how-to Bible. I mentioned the other night where the Scripture said, love your enemy. Well, he didn't tell us how. Drink this or, you know, do that or something else. He just said, love They There ain't no how-to do it. Only the Holy Ghost can do that. That's his business.
1: He just tell you to do it. But he knows all the how. I don't want to be one of those preachers Come in here and tell you how to have a revival I don't know how And I don't care to know how Because he knows how My job
0: is just to preach to you And let him do the rest Thank God <laughs> That's what helps me in preaching I just go preach It sounds good Turns out good They say I like it They didn't like it I go back home and go to bed Best I can I figure the rest of it's his business. ain't none of my business.
1: <laughs> God appeared
0: on the Gideon. If you're going to have a bold experience in your life for the change that you need, God's going to have to show up. <laughs> you say, well, how you you getting here? I done told you I don't know how. <laughs> but when he shows up, you'll know it. You'll know it. But you see, I noticed that God appeared unto Gideon. He had to see the Lord. But you know there's somebody else that appeared unto Gideon.
1: <laughs> I notice in our text that in this bold
0: experience of worship that he has an appearance of God. But not only does God show up, but I noticed that Gideon shows up for the first time. Gideon has never met Gideon. You really know who you are? Have you ever met Gideon? My, Gideon thought he knew Gideon when the Lord spoke to him. And uh, I noticed Gideon begins to make his excuses in verse number 15. He said, Oh, my Lord, where shall I save Israel? My family is the poorest of my nation. I'm the least in my father's house. <laughs> Boy, don't we like to tell God that? Well, don't ask me to do it. I just can't do it. It's all there is to it. Don't ask me to try. It's impossible. Well, Lord, have you looked at my, have you checked? I'm not even
1: educated. I'm not even a soldier. I've never joined the army. I'm a farmer out here trying to be the living out in the wrong place. I can't even save my family. That
0: hell. the nation. You ever felt like that? Me? <laughs> Boy, I felt like that. Oh, how many times i felt like that. And I know, I know that we are to be humble. And we are not to think of ourselves above ourselves. But on the other hand, have you ever really seen yourself in Christ? Well, now that is a difference. Now you see how Gideon saw himself. He, he has an identity crisis. <laughs> he said, I can't do nothing about this. But in verse number 12, did you notice? Look at what God said there. He shows up to Gideon, who's scared to death. He's sneaking around the winepress, trying not to make much noise, scared to death that they might see him over there. And God says,
1: Gideon!
0: And notice what he said in verse number 12.
1: Thou mighty man of (laughs) valor! Gideon, have you seen Gideon. I know I can't preach. I know I have no ability. But how many in Christ have you ever seen
0: yourself? He's seen himself. God is dealing with Gideon's false concepts and ideals of himself. He has no clue. He's timid. He's He's, a, he's cowardly. He's fearful. He has low self-esteem. He is an introvert. And God says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Wow. Gideon is getting a picture of himself now. He's going to say. Did you ever see yourself like God sees you? Can you see the Lord? As he takes that spiritual mirror. Gideon's never looked into one before. Circus or some of these places they have these contorted mirrors, and and, and you just don't look, you know, when you look in there, you just <laughs> either real short and bumpy like me, or real tall or something. God holds up the divine mirror before Gideon and says, Gideon! Look in here, boy! You didn't walk over all hunkered down, looks in there? Son, you talk about living up. I mean, muscle everywhere. I'm telling you. He's just, he's got the biceps, the triceps, he's got everything. <laughs> I said, man, I didn't, I didn't know I this way.
1: Get out of tough, man. You're a mighty man alive. He said,
0: man, I see that
1: now. I just never had to. I wish my wife was here.
0: Oh, he's not cocky. He's not proud. But God is giving him a Holy Ghost confidence that he has put in him what it takes to do the job. And he lets Gideon catch a glimpse of himself through the power of the Lord. Oh, how blessed that is. And we can see who we are in the Lord. Go, verse 14, in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the... you can do it, boy! <laughs> I like to think about all heaven a-rooting me off. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can serve God. You can walk with the Lord. You can do it! Gideon's begin to feel a little loofing about the matter. <laughs> He's starting to look a little cocky. He's walking straight now. Hoping maybe one of them mid- Midianites might see him. Because God has oh believed I read a man's of a man's testimony, truth testimony. Touched my heart. He said that he was born out of wedlock. Never did not know who his father was. And he said because of that when he was in school and, of course, they had to address who the parents were or anything. He never could say who his daddy was. And he said all the other kids in the classroom used to make fun of him. And they'd tease him. They'd say, who's your daddy? Who's your dad?" He said he lost all confidence didn't want to talk to anybody. And he said that uh, there was a new preacher that had come to the church where he went. And somehow, evidently, the, the pastor had heard about this boy and what the situation was in his life. And he said always after the service, he'd be the first one to dart out because he was scared to death. He had this complex. He's afraid that somebody asked him who his daddy was. didn't have any identity. But he said before he could get out that Sunday morning that the preacher was standing at the door waiting on him. <laughs> and said he grabbed him by the hand and he said, Hey young man, whose boy are you? He said it went all over me and I thought, oh no. But he said before he could let loose of the preacher's hand and run from him, he said the preacher followed up and said, Oh, I recognize you. Said, you're one of God's enemies, ain't you? Said, son, you've got a great future. Just go and claim it. In the Lord. Oh, if so we just find out who we are in Christ. Greater <laughs> is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It'll make the devil run. If you ever get to see him, who you are in Christ to take care of the situation. You see, there has to be, if you're going to have that bold experience of worship, there has to be adversity, but there has to be appearances. You've got to see God, and then you've got to see yourself in the Lord. The last thing that I want to point out to you tonight is in this bold experience of worship that Gideon had, God has not only brought him through adversities and brought him through appearances, but he has brought him through assurances. And it calls the wrote the old song, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory tonight. Now, I don't want to take the time tonight to deal with all of these assurances that are in In our text, but I notice them throughout. At least four of them. I notice that Gideon has a problem. First of all, in chapter six, with this angel, as to whether it really is an angel, and and uh, he says to this angel, "If you are the angel, I want you to I want you to show this to me." And so the angel says to him in verse seventeen on down through verse number twenty-five. The angel said to him, "All right, I'll show you. Go, go, get me something to eat." He goes and fixes it, brings it back, puts it on a rock, and the angel touches it, and and uh, it goes up in smoke, and the angel disappears with it. And Gideon says, "Oh my Lord, I have been with God," and the Lord assures his uh, assures his heart in verse twenty three. And the Lord said to him, "Peace be unto thee. Fear not. Thou shalt not die." But He's needed some assurance to begin with, and and the angel of the Lord gladly gives him some assurance. Then I notice, all over in verse number uh, 37, Gideon needs some more assurance. In those verses there, he says to the Lord, Lord, if if this is really your will, let me put uh, a fleece on the ground. Verse 40, God did so that night. It was dry from the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. Now these are assurances that that Gideon has asked the Lord for. But if you'll notice in verse number 9, it's as if God wants to reassure him some more. Give him another sign. Came to pass the same night, the Lord said unto him, Arise and give thee down to the host. I've delivered them into thine hand. But if thou feared it to go down, go down with Fuhrer thy servant down to the host. And thou shalt hear what they shall say. And afterwards, shall thine hands be strengthened to go down to the host. And so, as you read down through there, Gideon goes down and he hears the dream of that man about the barley loaf tumbling into the tin and crushing it. The other man says, well, that's nothing more than the soul of the Lord and
1: Gideon. <laughs> Gideon couldn't wait to get to church. He humbled himself right like there and he began to worship. He said, oh, God, this
0: is mine. I'm ready, Lord. You're not
1: showing nothing else. You don't have to tell me anything else. Let's get ready. God wants to bring us to the final place the so we Lord we're ready to for Him. And we know, that we know, that
0: we know oh, how it's going to end up. <laughs> Praise God. I don't know if you're enjoying this or not, but I am.
1: Gideon's getting some instances
0: now. And you know, I've read a lot of commentaries and a lot of preachers preach and they criticize old Gideon. But I'm going to tell you one thing. If it was you God was asking to go out there with three hundred men to fight about two or three hundred thousand, you'd want some assurances too. It's easy to criticize old Gideon. But honey, you'd have know the troubles and the heartaches and the adversities come into your life. You'll want to hear from heaven, you'll want to know for sure. Somebody said, Well, bless God, just step out by faith and do something for the Lord, not me. I've got to make sure that's what he wants. I ain't going to create no ministry. I ain't going to start in some direction. I ain't going to say, well, you know, I believe the Lord needs a church over here. You better leave that man so long you get yourself healed. You better have had some blessed assurance that you know,
1: that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you
0: know, that you know, that you know. know, know. That's the way it ought to be. And then, friend, the enemy won't look half as bad and big because you know what God wants you to do. He's not to much sure. I'm so glad that my God is as interested in assuring me as I am of wanting to be assured. <laughs> I'm glad that he wants me to know that I'm saved. I'm glad.
1: I'm called to preach. I'm glad that he wants me to know that I'm called into evangelism. I'm glad that he wants me to know that I have the life that I'm supposed to I'm glad he wants me to know.
0: I don't know about you, but it's sounding ground to know that you know something. Oh, Gideon gets up. Verse 15. God is giving blessed assurance about some things. I had an old timer tell me here a while back, he blessed my heart. I could see that assurance in his eyes. Tears was welling up. And I thought about this while he was telling me. Said that this was his experience and what went on in his life. He said, Preacher, I taught Sunday school for years young people he was an old man at this time it's only been a few weeks back he said I went into Sunday school class one day to teach and he said I was a smoker I smoked a lot of cigarettes for that matter of fact I had a pack of them in my pocket you could see them in that white shirt. and he said a little boy in the back of the class raised his hand and said uh, called his name said brother said uh teacher said, do you think it's right to smoke? And he said, "It smote his heart. And he looked at him and he said, no, son, I really don't. And the little boy, probably just 10, 11 years old, he said, well, why did you do it? He said, well, it's just a bad habit. And he said, I've just never been able to give it up. He said, I really want to. And he said, it's so strange. The little boy said, well, I'll just pray for it. <laughs> He said the next week he come down with pneumonia. So bad they had to put him into the hospital, pump his lung, give him all kinds of IV's and fluid, and said he even went out for a while. Said after a day or two it started clearing up, and he come to himself and said he was talking to his wife at the head of the bed, and his daughter was sitting over here, and and, uh, he said uh, he smelled some smoke, cigarette smoke. Somebody was smoking out in the hall, and he said, Man, it just, like to took my breath. Not even thinking about it, he said, to the, I said to my wife, Honey, would you close that door over there? That smoke's about to spank me. And there's a guy who smoked three or four packs a day all of his life about it. His wife went up, and she, she shut the door, and when she closed the door, he looked at his daughter and said, Honey, I want you to go to the house and open up all the doors and windows and let it out. I want you to pay somebody to come clean that carpet and take them curtains down and have them clean. He said, when I get home, I don't want to smell no smoke, no more. She said, Daddy, have you gone off your rocker? Are you crazy? What's wrong? He said, no, honey. I ain't going off my rocker, but said, What your mama don't know? And she was a heavy smoker, too. I like this. You're talking about assurance, You better have it if you do this. He said, But what your mama don't know is me and her, quit smoking right now. <laughs> and with tears in his eyes, he said, "We I mean, ain't smoked one thing. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, that may be his burden, his heartache, but wasn't it something how God gave him some assurance? A man that had been captivated by it all those years getting some assurance laying there in that bed that it never happened again. I like that. I'm gonna tell you, I need that. I've been raised around alcoholics, I've buried two brothers, I've got a brother right now, it's just right on me his deathbed because of alcohol. It's been the number one killer in my family for generations. But I'm glad that I got blessed ashamed. But I may go a lot of ways. I'm not going through the Bible. And I'm not being cocky. And I'm not being proud. I just had a blessed, bold experience of worship that let me know how it's going to go. And God gave the assurance. And God is interested, as he has always been, to give his children. He don't mind it, honey, if you are having a question. Listen. He will never give a sign to those who are living in unbelief, the unbelief of sin, as the Pharisees were who demanded a sign of him. But he will always be willing to give a sign to the John the Baptist who desire to know for sure who he is and what he wants done. God will let you And I'm going to tell you, for the troubles and struggles of some of your lives, you need a bold expensive of worship. Where the Lord can let you know how it is. How it's come pass. Now look in verse 15, i close. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the truth. The interpretation there, I bet he worshipped return to the host of Israel, and said, Arise, for the Lord hath. Into your hand the host of the Middle And with 300 men, he beat a car. And all of those (laughs) found. Now I know the devil's big and bad. But have you ever noticed after you've been along with the Lord and he has breathed across your soul, and Somehow you can care less how close the devil is. There is that Holy Ghost boldness that comes in your soul about the matter. Have you ever had a bold experience of worship? We need a knowing. Let's stand by here. <coughs> God led Gideon for this experience. He will leave you. He will leave yes, me. Where well, we can have the confidence. Use the word persuaded as the Apostle Paul did. Use the word know as John did. We can have that blessing.